Okay, just to help you all out a little bit on some clarity. Um, at the end of worship, we're always just going to try at the moment to just see what the Holy Spirit wants to say and just soak for a minute in His presence. Have, have you sensed that His presence is here when we finish worship? I mean, there's just a sweetness to the Spirit. It's there. It's, it's so good. And uh, when He does that for us, sometimes He'll use the gifts of the Spirit. So what the Lord told me to share was a gift of tongue and interpretation. So that's what I did. Everybody ever heard of speaking in tongues? How many have only ever heard of it positively in a positive way? Three or four people. How many have heard it in a negative way? Speak in tongues. Yeah, more, more hands. Um, it's a gift of the Spirit. It's a gift that's in the body of Christ. It's, it's for on purpose. He does these things on purpose. So there are times and occasions in a group where he'll give one uh, a message, uh, uh, a speaking in tongues that comes forth, and then there's an interpretation of that tongue. So he gave me both in this instance. He told me to pray that out and then to give the interpretation of it. And then dad added in a prophecy to that. That's gifts of the Spirit. It's in the Bible. You can look it up. It's in there, right? And the church, by and large, has missed out on this. So I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up that uh, this is biblical, and um, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to get frequent. And these are some of the beginning steps of walking in the greater gifts of the Spirit. Did you know that? These ones, these ones are the easy ones to just speak out and, and get an interpretation and a prophecy from the Lord. But they're the gateways, they're the doors to stepping up in boldness to laying hands on somebody and watch them get out of a wheelchair. Come on, to see the blind see and the lame walk and the deaf hear and the dead raised. Yeah? You don't start at dead raised. Jesus didn't even start at dead raised. Right? He started with water to wine. Right? So let's just be open to the Spirit. Amen? Uh, we don't do it in a goofy way. We do this on purpose, right? You, you can get out of bounds on all kinds of things throughout Scripture. You can. We don't do it in a goofy way. We do it biblically, sound. Amen? Everybody okay? Nobody left on me that I could tell, so that's good. You're still here. Just stay planted. You got some good stuff coming. Amen? All right, all right. I think the monitors might still be on. If we could take those down, that'd be awesome. Thank you, Lord. What a week, huh? If you were here last week, um, you probably noticed there was a little bit of an intensity in me. At least my wife pointed it out. I was like, really? She said, yeah, it just seemed a little, a little more intense. Not in a bad way. She just said it was, you were, you were on. Last week, we, um, uh, after service, we did a memorial for a friend, a uh, celebration of life service. So I had, I had a lot going on inside, and uh, God's word's still true, Amen. And um, I'm believing for us to see some things in the Word, make some changes, make some adaptations, some tweaks in our heart and our lives so that we can be uh, of greater influence in the kingdom. Is that true? Anybody want to be a greater influence in the kingdom? Come on, I don't want to live ho-hum. I want to be of great influence in the kingdom for His glory. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. This is our text. We've been talking about living big going forward. Living big going forward. And today we're talking about being intentional. Being intentional. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> Verse 11. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. 
Now in return for the same, I speak as unto children, you also be open. In the Amplified it says, open wide your hearts. Open wide your hearts. And in the message paraphrase, it says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open space, this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Live openly and expansively. Come on, we can't be restricted from the inside. Amen? This has been our text for the last few weeks. To open wide our hearts. Open wide your hearts to what God wants to do in you. Amen? You have to do that on purpose. Do you know that? You have to do that intentionally. You got to do it with a mindful heart to open wide your heart. Lord, show me some things I've never seen. And that really takes some humility. Do you know that? Because if you've got it all figured out, if you've got it all decided and you can't hear from anything or anyone else, then you're not being humble, you're being prideful. Right? There's some things in us that aren't right. Did you know that? Some, some tweaks and adjustments that we need to make. We have not arrived. Is that true? I think we'll be shocked when we get to see Jesus face to face and realize how off we were in some places. Like, man, I thought I was right there. And he'll just love us and hug us and bring us right in. Amen? But we, we have an opportunity in this life to make adjustments. Faith school, right? This vapor of time that we're in, we have opportunity to make ch- changes and adjustments. Amen? I like to be ahead of the game. Anybody like to be ahead of the game? Do you like to know what's coming ahead? You guys drive familiar roads in your life? We live, we live in the country, so we drive familiar roads. We know the turns, the curves, the slants, the slopes, the intersections, where the deer are for the most part. Come on, you know, you know where to look and where to pay attention, don't you? I mean, you can almost autopilot home sometimes where you get in your driveway and you're like, dear Jesus, how did I get home? I don't remember the last 10 minutes, right? And, and it's because you've seen some things ahead of time. Amen? And God wants to show us some things ahead of time. He wants to give us some foresight and some forethought so that we know what's coming. Did you know that he doesn't want you to be surprised by the attacks of the enemy? He knows every plan that the enemy's setting up for you. He's all-knowing. Right? And, and what the enemy might work, you know what I'm talking about, the devil, right? Lucifer, the fallen one, the leader of the pack of the other side, you know what I'm talking about? He and his cohorts are, are constantly setting traps for us. But it takes a month, sometimes years, to set those up. And they can be thwarted, missed, and avoided in just a few seconds just by listening to the Spirit of God. Do you know how frustrating that is for him? It just gives me great joy and pleasure <laughs> to just miss something so easy that he's been setting up for a long time. Right? Because God wants to show, you, show us some things. You and me, amen? amen? He wants to show us some things. So he's telling us to open wide our hearts. We talked for a few weeks about our imagination. That it's not an ungodly part of us, it's an absolute godly part of us. That God designed our imagination to think and to dream and to believe big, to see things with the eyes of our heart and our spirit before we see them come to pass in our lives. Did you know that? This is faith, believing without seeing. This is faith, believing what God said before we see it. Imagine what it looks like to be healthy and whole, to be abundantly supplied. Imagine what it looks like to share your faith with others, to see them come to Jesus and you lead them in the prayer of salvation, to imagine what that looks like, to see it. So clear, so concise. Amen? Imagination is the conception. 
It's the beginning stages of bearing fruit in our lives and seeing it come to pass. Did you know that? So we're going to have to conceive some things. Is that true? If there's some things that you know need to be different in your life, you're going to have to conceive them first. Oh, no, pastor, I'm just going to adopt. I'm going to go the, e- that, the easier route and is going to adopt. We're just going to find it and then just, no, there's, there, this, is, this is God's kingdom, and he wants you to conceive it. He wants you to bring it forth from you. What are we thinking about? What are we imagining? What are we, what are we contemplating? Because the enemy is constantly going to show you stuff. He's going to give you flashes and pictures and thoughts and ideas that are contrary to the word of God. Come on, bring out what that second grade teacher told you long, long ago, right? What that aunt or uncle said to you. Long, these, these pictures, these images of you not making it. That's what he wants to show you. Come on, we've all been there. All of us. Because he knows if he can get it into your imagination, it can conceive. God wants to put something else in there. Amen? Comes from the word, comes from time with him, fellowship with him intimacy with your heavenly father from the word amen thank you lord when you see that when you begin to see things clearly in your imagination it's called vision you're having vision for your life what does your life look like god wants to show you what that looks like he will show you what you look like in the word of god and vision always produces passion did you know that when you see something and you get a hold of it, and it's real to you, it will produce a passion in your life. But here's the kicker. If you don't get moving on that passion, if you don't take action, if you don't become intentional and strategic with the passion that just got placed inside of you, it will wane. It will fall away. The passion will get weaker. Did you know that? Come on now. There's a season and time when we see some things, when we've got to take some action. We've got to initiate. We've got to be intentional. Yeah? It's true with your friendships. It's true with your kids. It's especially true with your spouse. Come on, there was a passion in the day, amen? And you were intentional to spend time and get around each other and do things together. Come on, it was intentional, wasn't it? And then life, life happens, right? And then we have jobs and we have kids and we have mortgages and we're doing stuff. And if we're not intentional... If we don't continue to see the vision of what we saw us accomplishing together, come on, your, your loved ones, then the passion will get weaker. So you got to stir yourself up again, and you got to see, and you got to have vision again. You got to see what that looks like, and you got to imagine what it looks like to spend time together and going places and having fun and enjoying each other's company, and then get moving, be intentional, do something, take action, yeah? And you'll be astonished in just in your natural lives how quickly the passion will come back by just being intentional. Same is true in the kingdom of God. Your passion for the things of God and your, and your intentionality in being strategic with doing things will continue to produce passion. Did you know that? God is good. Habakkuk 2.2 2 says, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Look at that. That he may run who reads it. There's an action associated with seeing something written. You write it down so you can see it, so that you can take action. Not so that you can look it up in five years and go, oh yeah, that was a good vision. Well, what'd you do with that? Write it down that he may run who reads it. That's intentional. Yeah? 
Thank you, Lord. We saw in Psalm 1-2 and Psalm 2-1 that meditate and imagine are the exact same words and that they're interchangeable. We are to meditate on the word of God and that the imaginations of the wicked were vain. What we're meditating on and what we're imagining will produce some things in us, whether it's for good or for bad. What you meditate on. We've got to read the Word of God and picture what the Word of God will do for us. See it. Let it paint the picture. He wants you well. Jesus is the healer. What does that look like to be healthy and whole? To operate in health and wholeness and healing. Right? Just this year, I was able to begin building a shop at my house. Which is also a hanger for my dad's airplane. So we call it the shanger. I don't know, it just works. And um, I remember walking my property and seeing where it needed to go. I stood out on the neighbor's property, which is the runway, looking in. I stood on my property looking out, figured out, began to look and see where does this thing need to be placed on the property to be in the best spot, the best place, the best location. I began to visualize and see what, where it would go, what it would look like to be there. Imagining, conceiving. You know, you can't do that for very long and be excited about something and not take some action. So I went and got some concrete pins, these metal stakes, right, that you beat into the ground so you can lay out the location of the shanger. So I went and got these stakes and I, and I put them in the ground and I measured from the property line back so I knew exactly where it was going to go and I put these stakes in the ground and then my three-year-old wanted to help. And three-year-olds aren't usually a whole lot of help, but she wanted to help. So I want to give her something to do. So I get the stakes in the ground and kind of measured where, and I need to move it and adjust it. So I get her to hold the, we call it, it, it's unfair, but we call it the dummy end of the tape. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the one where you just go, got it. You just, that's the end, right? I give her that end of the tape and I put it over the pin and I put her hand over the, pa- the, the pin on the tape so that it won't fall off. I go, okay, no, don't let this fall. Just hang on tight. Okay, daddy, I got it. And I walk the distance to the next pin, I say, you got it? Yeah, I got it. And I hold it. It's right on. It's right on. Okay, keep, stay there. So I reel it in because I'm weaving through trees still because I still have trees. I'm, so I reel it in. I go around to another tree and I go to another pin and I hold it out. You got it? Yeah, I got it, daddy. She's got it. I read, yep, it's right where it needs to be. And I reel it in. I go to the next pin and I, and I wind it out. Yep, I got it, daddy. Super helpful. Super helpful because I didn't have to go all the way back. Somebody was holding that. And I kind of get this picture, like God has such big plans in this planet, in this earth. He's just asking us to hold the tape, right? For him, our jobs, you know, it's kind of like, come on, just do your job. Can you just do your job? But it's helpful. It saves time, right? It's a resource that we need to do some things. And I'm not, I'm not making light of our impact in the kingdom. It's significant. It makes a difference. But if we look at the big picture, even as close as we can, we can't see it. We can't see his picture of what's going on. But if we just take a minute and go, God's running his whole plan in the earth, and he's orchestrating some things, right? And he's not controlling everyone and everything, but he's orchestrating things, right? And at the same time, his power and his might is keeping us in orbit around the sun and the moon around the earth. Come on now. And the, and the galaxies around the galaxies. <laughs> Come on. 
He's a big God. And he's asking us to do our part. And if we just sit there and watch, if we're not intentional, we'll miss out. We'll miss out. You know that scripture, many are called, few are chosen? Why is that? Why are many called and few chosen? Every single believer on the planet has a call of God on their life. Come on, say, that's me. What does that mean? What did I just agree to? Am I going to Africa? Maybe. But you have a call in your life. Some of you, it may be in a pulpit, pastor in a church. Some of you, it may be leading worship. Some of it may be teaching kids. Some of it may be prayer. All of us called to prayer. Some of us called to a prayer life. We all have a call. Why are so few chosen then? Because there's only a handful of people that, yep, I'm available, Lord. Choose me. That's simple. That's simple. I'm willing to put what I think is important on hold to do what you're asking me to do. And that's powerful. The question is, are you willing? Because I'm telling you, the world will keep you busy. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not saying it's even all the enemy. But the world will keep you busy. They will keep your calendar jammed full every minute, every second. Where's our time for the Lord? That's my job as a pastor when you come to a place like this on Sunday morning, right? Is to challenge what we're thinking and doing with our lives because we will stand before him and give account. And it won't matter how many Super Bowls we watched, right? And how many hot dogs we ate in the hot dog contest, right? It won't matter how long we can ride a wheelie. Right? It won't matter. It'll matter what we did for the kingdom. So here's my question. Come on, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds. What would you say to your 20-year-old self? Right now, what would you say to your 20-year-old self? Don't do that. <laughs> right? Too many times, True. Buy Netflix at 350. <laughs> okay. Buy Netflix stock, right? Amazon. Buy Apple, right? Some of us would just go back and say, you know what? You need to make some changes and some adjustments, yeah? There's coming a day where we're going to step into eternity. We're going to step into the millennial reign with Jesus. And your body's going to be remade, recreated. Come on, you're going to look good. You're going to stand taller. Have all your hair, glory to God. Amen. In all the right places, glory to God. Everything fixed. That, that flabby skin, when you lift your arm, it's gone. It's gone. What would you tell yourself from that place, looking back into this life? What would you say to yourself? I'm telling you, it'd be like, sell out. Do everything for you, can, you can for the kingdom. Nothing else matters. He, nothing else. Amen? It's so important. Is that true? Sell out. Give it all. Give it up. Let Jesus be Lord. Truly. Don't just say it. 
Don't let church be a once a week thing. Live it as a lifestyle. You tell yourself that. You know you would. Because I'm telling you, we're going to know like we're known. Living full lives. We can live full lives right now. It's perspective. It's all perspective. True? We have to be intentional. Because we can leave. We can think about, yeah, I need to do that. But we've got to be intentional and strategic. We've got to begin to put our pla- ourselves in places and positions where we can operate in the gifts of God over our lives. That we can share our faith with others. That we can disciple someone else to come to Jesus and to follow Jesus. We have to do that intentionally. And if we don't go home and think about it and plan for it and do it like it's a goal that we must meet this year, it won't happen. It'll just be another idea that we had at the beginning of 2020. And we'll find ourselves in 2021 wondering what happened to 2020. We've got to be intentional. Amen? We don't have to look very far if we're having trouble seeing how big God is and what he's doing. I mean, just science would tell us how big the universe is. You know, the sun is 93 million miles from the earth. That's a road trip. The Milky Way galaxy, the galaxy we're in, is 100,000 light years across. And that's just one of an innumerable amount of galaxies in the universe. It's 100,000 light years across. Our sun is one million times bigger than our planet. You could fit a million Earths inside the sun. Come on, this is a big God. He's not doing small stuff. He's trying to reach people. He cares about people. Do you know that? It's not just about universe and stars for him. He built that for us to enjoy, for the eons to come. But he cares about what we're doing with our lives, in our homes, in our prayer closets, with the people that we interact with. That's what he cares about. That's what Jesus died for. He didn't die for the sun, moon, and stars. He didn't die to save the planet, save the whales, save the penguins. He died for people. Did you know that? People is what he cares about. And if we will make God's heartbeat our heartbeat, people, come on, even the knot-headed rascals around us, Jesus died for them. Amen. And we can get to him if we're intentional. It takes work. It wasn't terrible long ago on our, on our vision list. Cody and I put a family on our list that we just wanted to minister to and be a blessing for him, be around, just be there for him. Wanted to see him come to Jesus. We got to see that. Just last year, we got to see that. Come on now, that's worth something. That's worth something in the kingdom, amen? Who's on your list? It's okay to have goals, but man, top of your list should be, man, fulfill the plan of God for my life. What does that look like? I need to reach people. I need to do my part to get to people. Who's on, our, who's on my list? Who can I get after? Who can I reach? Who can I pray for and intentionally, intentionally go after? Text them, call them, email them, show up and drop something off for them. Hey, I was thinking about you. I was praying for you last week and God dropped this on my heart. I couldn't say that. Yes, you could. People are more open to that than you realize. Did you know that? You were praying for me last week and God told you what? Come on, that's better than a tarot card reading or a palm reading at the fair. God told you what? You know, God will speak to you like that and it will open doors in people's lives where they are rock solid closed against anything godly. 
Got to imagine it. Got to see yourself doing it. Got to be intentional. God, I'm going to pray for this person today. And I'm asking you to speak to me about them, how to pray for them, and what I could say to them next time I see them. Thank you, Lord. That's intentional. That's on purpose, isn't it? Who's in your life? Come on, people are popping into your mind right now. Who's in your life? Some of you got lists miles long. They need Jesus, right? Intentional living is to live on purpose. To live deliberately with an aim or a plan. To live your life on purpose, deliberately with an aim and with a plan. It's easy to get stuck in the punch o'clock. Come on, you drive the same road to work every week. You're doing the same thing over and over again. It's easy. It's easy. But come on now, if you live that same life and you do that same routine intentionally on purpose, looking at people all the time. God, who, who is it? Who can I pray for? Who's on, who's on your heart? I want them on my heart. Who do you want me to reach? Come on, they're, they're, if they're important to you, they're important to me. Who is it, Lord? Come on, that's living on purpose. You know, you can do your job better doing it God's way than you could ever on your own. He'll make stuff work out for you that you're stressing about because you're thinking about people. You're like, how am I going to get that done? Because you're thinking about kingdom business and reaching people. He's working other, all that other stuff you're stressed out about, he's working on. And it just shows up, well, that was easy. He said, if you'll put me first, I'll take care of the rest. Put me first. Put me first. Come on, every day. Every day. Put me first. Put me first. Ephesians 5 says this. Ephesians 5.15 in the Amplified. It says, look carefully, then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. That takes a little bit of work. Did you know that? That means you got to wake up out of the, the mundane. you got to start to think with the mind God gave you and begin to live on purpose and intelligently and with the wisdom God gave you. Amen? He's asking us to do these. These are instructions of life to live on purpose and live to the full. Luke 9.51, Jesus was living on purpose. Did you know that? I mean, if anybody was an example of living on purpose. Jesus did things intentionally. Did you know that? Man, where he went, what he said, how he did it. Luke 9.51, now it came to pass when the time had come for Jesus to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus steadfastly set his face to do what God had called him to do, knowing what he was walking into. Knowing he was walking into his death. But he, when he knew it was the time, he steadfastly set his face to go. No one could deter him. What are you steadfast on? Come on, the time's short. I know I say it a lot. I really mean it. The time is short. We have a small window of opportunity to fill, fulfill what God has called us to do. Man, there's people that need Jesus. Amen? And they're looking to you. You go to church, right? Wow. What do you think about this? You're start, I'm telling you, the church is designed to exude the presence of God outside of the four walls of this building. We're designed to look different, act different, talk different. Come on, the world dreads going to work. 
They're like, oh, it's Monday. <laughs> Come on, you know, it should look different on us. You know that? And it can, but it's intentional. We've got to go after it. The world's looking for, for people that are excited about life in the mundane. Like, how are you even happy right now? Anybody have a job that you have to do inventory? Ever have to do inventory? Boy, is that a drag and a half. It's horrible. But you can do stuff that are horrible, things that are horrible, and still do it with the right heart and the right attitude. Amen. I remember when I, when I knew that God had told me to go to Bible school, not really knowing what, what that would lead to, just knew I was supposed to be there. And um, I had I'd planned from high school, I was going to finish college, go to Bible school. And uh, I was wrapping up Bible school, and some stuff was going on with family and church, and I thought, you know, maybe I should just stay a year and work, save up some money. And my dad was like, nope, you're not staying in my house. You were supposed to go to Bible school, and you're not sticking around for this, you need to go. And it was wisdom. Because I needed, I, needed, I needed to go. And once I made that decision, I set my face to it. Come on, made plans, made arrangements, found a place to live, found a job. Come on, I was intentional, you know? Had I not done that, might have missed great opportunities. No, I would have missed great opportunities in the kingdom. And God can still do some things in you when you miss opportunities. But that was a big step for me. I might not be standing here today. On, there's a season, like he told us right at the end of worship, we're stepping into a new season. Right before Jesus comes back, that means there's some things to do. Some, some things to conceive and see and watch birth and go after intentionally. Amen? Amen. Philippians 3, 13 through 14 says, forget the, forget the past looking forward to what lies ahead. To press on, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. In Hebrews, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the cross because he saw the prize. He saw the reward. Do you see that? I'm asking you today to look to the reward. See it with the eyes of your spirit, with your imagination, with your heart. God wants to show you there's a reward for, for those that are faithful, that'll run the race. Come on, where's my runners? Where's my runners in the room? Three, four, five. Okay, who's been chased by a chicken, a dog? A bear. There's my runners. Okay, that's better. That's better. Come on, when you run a race, you run it to win, amen? Or you run it to get away, or at least outpace the person next to you. <laughs> True? Come on, he's asking us to run this race and run it with the reward in mind that there'll be a day when we step through that finish line and be like, yes, I'm so glad I laid those things down. I'm so glad I didn't let the things of the world hold me back from fulfilling God's call in my life from ministering to people, to reaching out, to helping them, being kind. A cup of cool water to someone in need is as if you gave it to Jesus himself. Those are open doors of opportunity. When you feed the hungry, when you clothe 
the naked. Come on, when you shelter the homeless, when you help people, there are opportunities. Not all of us have those people in our lives on a regular basis, but you have people that are lost. They're lost, and they need help. They need somebody to love them. Amen? To be there for them, to pray for them, to speak something that God gave you into their lives. Amen? What would you tell your 20-year-old self? What would you tell yourself for this season right now? Want to be, you'd be going after it, amen? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And <laughs> the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's going to happen. It's my job to tell you it's going to happen. It's not pie in the sky. We're going to see it in our lifetime. Soon and very soon, the king's coming back. Amen? Comfort one another with these words. That means any pain that we're dealing with right now, short-lived. It's short-lived. Come on, there's stuff that happens in life that's painful in our emotions, in our mind, in our thoughts. Things that happen that weren't the will of God. But Jesus is coming. Comfort one another with these words. Think about it, amen? Pretty much in, in front of all of your seats, every seat in front of you, there's like a notepad. You guys see those? You guys see those notepads? Grab, grab one of those. Let me grab a notepad. If you don't have one, get somebody to hand you one. Front rowers, you're going to have to have some help from the people behind you. Notepads, just snag one of those. There should be some pens. You got a pen. You got to share one, share one. We put these notepads there so you can take notes if you want to. Um, they're also there for the three-year-olds to scribble and write you beautiful pictures. If you found a few of those, you can thank uh, Kelly, Ellie, Reuben, and uh, my daughter, Malin, for those wonderful pictures, because that's what we do when we're here practicing for church and doing prayer, and they, they pick up pens and they make their own notes. On this notepad, I want you to write at the top, be intentional. Be intentional. I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-A-L for those that are spelling challenged. Somebody just Googled it and looked up how to spell that. Well done. Well done. Be intentional. After be intentional, I want you to write down a person's name or a family that you know need Jesus. Come on, cross the street, at your work, other side of the country, somebody you know. Person's name or a family you know need Jesus. Someone you have access to in some way, some way you can have an impact. Amen. Come on, 2020. This is, your, this is your prayer project. This is your action project. This is your intentionality project. Who is this family? Who is this, per, this person? If you write it down and you see it, you may run when you read it. Amen? There's an action that comes with it. 
Below that, I want you to write one thing spiritually you want to do consistently better starting today. Come on, don't look at your neighbor's paper. That's rotten. Keep your eyes on your own stuff. Write down one thing you want to do spiritually. And you want to do it more consistently than you have, and you want to start today. Come on, that could be reading your Bible. That could be your prayer life. Praying in the Spirit. Discipling someone else. When there's people in your life, they need to know what you know. Because you've got Jesus on the inside. When you're coming to a church where we're learning about Jesus and the Word, amen? Full of the Spirit, full of faith, full of power. There's things that people need to know. You mean I don't have to put up with this for my whole life? No, no, you don't. Jesus has redeemed you from the curse. Let me show you where it says that in the Scriptures. There's people that just don't know. They just think their lot in life is to deal with what they're facing right now and forever. And there's no hope in that. They self-medicate just to make it. But we have hope, amen? We're redeemed from the curse. (laughs) That's good news. Be intentional. Who's that family? Who's that person? What do you want to do better? I'm not saying you're not doing it at all. I'm saying, what do you want to do better? Because we can go to the word better, can't we? We can be more consistent in how we meditate on what God has spoken into our hearts. We can be more consistent in going to prayer first. Something comes up, oh Lord, you knew about this before it came. Thank you for wisdom. Come on, that takes intentionality. You've got to be purposeful to go to the Lord. You've got to train yourself to do that because your flesh wants to go, oh boy, okay. I got to call this person. I got to call this person. I got to get call the bank. No, no, no. Whoa, 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 Let's go to prayer first. Lord, what do you want me to do? Amen? A lot of times he'll tell you, relax, sit down, zip your mouth. Don't call that person. He will. I'm excited for 2020. I'm excited for you guys. I'm telling you, there's just such a prophetic anointing over this year to see some greatness. And it's coming from all different kinds of camps and companies of Christians and believers from all over the world. And they're saying, this is going to be a good year. God, God's moving. The prayers that have come forth from the generations past, we get to see fulfilled in our generation. In these next few years, we get to see a great awakening in our country, in our state, in our county, in our city. And it's going to require us to be involved because many are called and few are saying, yes, Lord, count me in. Tell me what to do. Oh, you're chosen, right? When you put your hand up, you're chosen. When you volunteer, you're chosen. That's the choosing part. There's a whole lot of people. They don't want to get in the game. It's too uncomfortable. It's too difficult. It's too outside of my my comfort zone. Come on now. But you got to lift your hand up. You gotta say, God, whatever you need, I'm in. Amen? Amen. Can we do it? I want to be a part of the move of God as He's sweeping through our land and seeing signs and wonders and miracles, seeing whole families and generations turn to Jesus who had never known Him before. Come on, aunties and uncles and cousins, whole peoples, that their heritage was not in Christ. It was serving the devil. I want to see whole generations come to Jesus. How about you? From the youngest to the oldest, we can be a part of it right here at Westside Church and have a great part of the plan. Amen? Not to point to us, but to point to Jesus because he's a great light and he's in us. Amen?
Are you ready for it? Because I'm telling you, it's going to take discipline and work, and you're going to be challenged. I'm telling you, this week, you will find yourself busier than you have ever been. You make a commitment to be intentional about praying for somebody and going after the kingdom, you're going to find yourself busy. So-and-so's going to call. Can't do this. You've got to pick up the slack. Here's this job. Here's this thing. Come on, prioritize. Amen? What's important? I can't do that. Why not? Because I'm committed to pray this morning. I can't show up. I did it just Sunday. Amen? What are you committed to? What are you ready to give up to pursue the kingdom? Are you going to listen to your older self? The wisdom you would give yourself. Are you going to listen to it? God is good, amen? Thank you, Lord.